0: Hey, it's Matt, and you're listening to the Math Boss Mashup. Thanks for joining me. I'm so deeply humbled that you've chosen to spend this time with me here today. Let's jump right into it. Come on, guys. If we're serious about bringing down the Italians, Jimmy is the only way. Just trust me just trust me those three words so small yet so very big and very loaded yet it's the one thing that's required for a team to function when you watch a golf tournament on television or live you'll notice that they're grouped together in pairs or in in triads and the golfers though competing against each other are very kind very cordial And they walk the course, the entire course together, but they're not a team. They don't have to trust each other. They're a friendly group. (music) School improvement almost always centers around the tangibles, curriculum development, instructional leadership, classroom instruction, lesson planning, assessment. And that's understandable because those things are tangible. They're easy to see, easy to manipulate. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we might even say they make us feel smart. There's entire graduate courses built around these tangibles. And very rarely do we go straight to the heart of the one thing that limits our people the health of our organization is going to be the one overarching factor that limits what we can do. Let's do a quick definition here just so we understand. Health is not the same as school culture, and it's not the same as school climate. It's an overarching factor that includes culture and climate, but more focuses on people. A concept from psychology might be helpful here because organizational school health is about people and there's a flaw in our reasoning as humans. It's a flaw called attribution error. This is the idea that we fundamentally give ourselves a larger benefit of the doubt than we do others. So if I feel like you're taking more of the pie than you should, it's an error in my reasoning as a human that I assume you have ill intent and that you're trying to be selfish. Whereas if I take more of the pie than the group thinks I should, I chalk it up for myself as just being hungry and or it's just a really good pie. So I give ill intent to others, but I'm more forgiving with myself. This is attribution error. Another example might be If I see a teacher in the hallway raising her voice at a student, I might attribute to that teacher that she's cruel or mean. Whereas if I find myself in a situation where my tone becomes more aggressive, I might chalk it up to having a bad day or or the student is really making a bad mistake. Vulnerability is the one thing that can erode the grip of attribution error in a team. And you could see that this mistake in our human reasoning is a primary cause for much of the tension and underlying conflict on teams. Problem solving. There are serious problems that need to be solved. In any school at any year, any time, and I'm not talking math problems or worksheets, I'm talking and I'm not talking about the brush fires that that pop up almost daily in running a school. I'm talking about the problems facing our communities and the solutions that education can provide. These are big picture problems and they provide a purpose for our schools and a purpose for our teams. Now, we'll get into these problems later in the season, but we start here because problems cannot be solved alone. They require great brain power, from teams, from staff. They require collaboration and an unleashing of the limitations on our people. There's one major limitation on every team, no matter who they are, how high or how low, how far or wide. So let's talk about this limitation and what to do about it. The limitation is trust. Now, there are several types of trust, but only one type of trust really will unite a team towards a common purpose and unified effort. And that's the trust that's built on vulnerability. Trust is not the same thing as confidence. If you work with a team for two or three years, you know that someone's going to follow through with the tasks given to them that's not trust that's confidence i'm confident in your ability and your follow-through it's not the same thing as trust even though we use the word in that manner trust is the one ingredient that eradicates infighting politics and deceptive practices that undermine the collective efficacy of a team So how do we build trust, this type of trust? Well, it's built on one thing, or should I say there's one thing that is the starting point, and it's vulnerability. Vulnerability starts with the leader, a person. It's not a program or a system. Talk about an example. I knew a school once that gave a climate survey, uh, and they asked for feedback from the staff. Typical practice, right? A lot of the data had to do with staff complaints and fears and concerns that the staff had. The principals took the data, talked about it, and that was it. The staff eagerly awaited to hear the feedback from the principals, to hear uh, some openness about the flaws that were on campus. The staff needed to hear that their voices were heard and that their concerns were validated. But they didn't get this. Instead, they got silence. They received the message that the principal is unwilling to be vulnerable about the school's weaknesses and about the needs for improvement. This not only happens at at campuses, but this is very present among district leadership as well. So in this example, as soon as they got the message that the principal was unwilling to be vulnerable, every other staff member and teacher on campus closed the doors to trust they never once told the principal the truth about what they thought when they were asked they gave the principal what they thought the principal wanted to hear they never once even opened up among their teammates or to their administrative staff because they didn't trust that the principals were vulnerable enough to take them seriously And help them solve the problems. As a principal, you might even have the same experience opening up to district leadership. They might even view your problems or conflicts as excuses. And there's not a vulnerability that they want to help and listen to the problems. This one factor in the campus that I'm talking about underlined every single problem that occurred on that campus and made every single problem much worse from student discipline to test scores, to lesson planning, all the way into academic readiness. The campus was a failure because the principal was unwilling to lead with vulnerability. I think you can extrapolate from the example that I shared how easy it is for trust to be eroded. It doesn't take a negative action. Rather, it simply takes inaction, the inability to open up. And so it begins to build politics. It begins to build all of the things that keep a team from operating at high levels of performance. Trust and vulnerability allow teams to operate in what I like to call the fringe of conflict. See, conflict is great for teams. Now that may sound counterintuitive, but let's think about this. A team that avoids conflict at all costs demonstrates an utter lack of trust in each other. A team that avoids conflict will never collaborate on meaningful solutions, whether it's a district team, a team between principals, a team between teachers. But on the flip side, a team that can openly bring up conflicts, whether they're between the prof- the professionals or whether it's with learning or with students or the perceived wrongs even that have been done, that team can solve problems and do it efficiently conflict is where teams who improve must reside on the opposite of the continuum of conflict there are teams that have an unhealthy amount of conflict the persistent friction like sandpaper and this is also a side effect of a team that does not trust each other it's a side effect of a team that's not been vulnerable but remember vulnerabilities start with the leader the leader of the school the leader of the team and when vulnerability and trust are available it's an emotional resource from which a team can find the healthy middle ground on the continuum of conflict and that's a healthy midpoint right on the fringe of conflict where continuous improvement and solutions are found i'd like to wrap up This episode with a quote that I read this week from friend and educational leader Latoya Dixon. When things go wrong, when the plan doesn't unfold as intended, when results aren't what we desired, there's one place leaders look first to determine next steps and improvements. The Mirror. So now it's your turn. What are some ways that you have found to increase trust on your team and on your teams? What are some steps that you've taken to show vulnerability? You can share with me at mafost.com/pod. pod, P-O-D. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm going to share them in an upcoming bonus episode where I share ways to build trust and exercises you can take with your teams to show vulnerability. Thanks again for listening. For now, you can read the show notes and the research behind today's episode at mafost.com mashup. M-A-F-O-S-T dot slash mashup. If you enjoyed today's episode, I only ask one thing. please pass it along Now let's go out there and make an impact